Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is TTS Thursday number 17. Today's topic is how to train between two or more races in quick succession. But before we get into that, big thanks to our sponsors. First we have Precision Hydration and Precision Hydration have exciting news. They have recently launched their uh, product line of Precision Fuel. Precision Fuel is simply a range of products that allows you to get in carbohydrates during training and racing. And uh, they have gels and drink mix available currently. Everything in this product range is 30 grams of carbohydrates per serving, making it super easy for you to know your numbers and hit your numbers. The products are a 2 to 1 glucose to fructose ratio to maximize carbohydrate uptake. They're informed sports certified, so you can be sure that they will not have any contamination issues. The flavor is mild and neutral uh, to minimize flavor fatigue or minimize the risk of flavor fatigue. They don't contain any artificial ingredients and they also don't contain caffeine, sodium or any other things really than carbohydrates uh, because Precision Hydration's philosophy is that you should be able to pull all of the levers that you want to pull separately and independently so again it's all about being able to to hit your numbers without making it complicated by having many many things in one single package or serving you can get 15% off your entire precision hydration order whether it's electrolytes or precision fuel products with the promo code that triathlon show 15 on precisionhydration.com and thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Roka are the world-leading manufacturers of wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear and prescription glasses and sunglasses. Whether you're looking to go faster in the open water, get more performance, comfort and aerodynamics out of your trisuit, or find a perfect pair of eyeglasses combining function, comfort and design, Roka have an option for you based on exceptional R&D and attention to every single detail in their product ranges. I use multiple Roka products personally from the Maverick XT wetsuit to the Rory prescription sunglasses and many things in between, uh, including sunglasses, buoyancy shorts, trisuits, and, and much more. And I can honestly say that all of them are really amazing products that I really love to use. You can get 20% off your Roka order with the discount that you can get on roka.com forward slash TTS. One thing before we get into the episode today, I have a general update about the podcast. I have been releasing at least two episodes per week. There was a period when I was doing three episodes per week, actually, that some listeners may remember, but generally two episodes per week, every single week since the end of February 2017. And if somebody is listening to this in the future, it is now June 2021 as I'm recording this. It's been a lot of fun and it's been amazing to get all of the positive feedback that many of you listeners have been sending in but it is a lot of work for every single episode much more than uh, than it may seem based on the duration of the episodes for these solo episodes i'm not definitely not just turning on the microphone and starting blabbering but actually spending many hours just on the preparation of the episode and the same goes for interviews where finding high quality guests to interview uh, researching them preparing questions for the interviews and so on really takes up a lot of time so with all of that work it does take away time from other things that are also really important to me like coaching obviously and taking care of the business side of scientific triathlon and and all the other things that are going on there besides the podcast so i have made a decision that from july so from next week i'm going to go uh decrease the frequency of episodes to just one episode per week which will be a monday episode with show notes as per usual 
and uh, this can be both interviews and solo episodes so so we'll keep the different formats of episodes that we've been having but uh, but all of them will be on mondays and it will be just one episode per week which will give me more time to to use on the other things that i really want to get more time for uh, another aspect behind this decision is that uh, by now there is a massive back catalog and archive of episodes and Honestly, I don't always find it easy to come up with a topic that hasn't been discussed before or find a new guest with as much credibility as I like the guests to have. So these things to me are also signs that maybe it's a good time now to reduce the frequency of episodes uh, just to make sure that I can maintain the quality of the podcast and not just produce content for the production of content's sake, if that makes sense. Of course, I welcome any feedback on this decision, uh, but uh, until the end of the year, I'm going to stick to this podcast schedule regardless and test it out and then uh, reevaluate and see uh, whether whether it's something that will keep going or if I'll go back to two episodes per week after that. So, but yeah, any feedback is definitely more than welcome. Just get in touch with me and let me know what you think. All right. So now let's move into the main topic, which is how to train between uh, successive races. Let's first define what we mean here by racing two or more races in, in quick succession. For the purpose of this episode, episode i'd say that it means having the second race be within three weeks of the first race of course you might potentially have a third race as well in quick succession after the second race and again the same thing applies it would have to be three weeks or sooner after the second race for for it to be kind of covered by the scope of this episode why three weeks you might be wondering and uh, that is a fair question i'm not saying that it's the right selection of a timeline it it might be a bit too long or maybe a bit too short but uh, quite often when we are really generalizing heavily we might say that for the average race you you might taper for one week and recover for one week and uh, if we take that uh, that average case and the races are three weeks apart it only leaves one week of really productive training which is a short amount of time and uh, this is of course what makes knowing what to do between races so challenging that you have a short amount of time to actually do productive training now we'll find out later on in this episode that it's not necessarily one week of taper and one week of recovery always but uh, the point still stands that from that generalized perspective it makes sense to have uh, three weeks as uh, the sort of the benchmark whereas if you have four weeks of uh time between races then actually if you recover quickly and taper quickly then uh, you might even get in an entire training block between those two races so so that becomes a bit too long to count as quick succession uh, now the question what do to do with your time that you have between races that are within three weeks of each other of course it could be one week after each other or two weeks after each other that's what we'll tackle here and note that i will not discuss racing in quick succession after an ironman race because although it can be possible for certain athletes in certain circumstances generally it's not advisable so i will leave that out from the scope of this episode and we're assuming here that we're uh, we're talking about sprint olympic or half distance uh, races uh, so let's just briefly outline what we'll discuss here first we'll discuss how long to recover after a race then how long to taper before the next race uh, then we'll go into how much training and how much hard training you should be doing between races and finally we'll discuss the importance of building a strong base to maintain fitness between races so uh, if we uh, tackle recovery from the first race as the first point here 
how much recovery you need from a race will vary hugely from individual to individual and it also varies for different race distances uh, and disciplines a duathlon would be different than a triathlon for example and also for different running courses or sorry racing courses so if you have a very hilly triathlon that might take more recovery than a very flat triathlon especially if you're doing a lot of fast downhill running now in terms of individuality a young and really fit athlete racing sprints and olympics could recover in a couple of days from a sprint or even an olympic race whereas an athlete who is new to the sport maybe not so fit maybe a bit older and uh, maybe trying to recover from a 7.3 race they will probably need uh, up to a week even to recover from from that race fully so so that's those are several factors that impact recovery and and how it can really change the time course of recovery just to give you some ballpark numbers and again keep in mind this is all individual so what i'm saying here should be taking as a starting point but your mileage may vary uh, i would say that for for a pretty fit and experienced athletes then they can recover from a sprint generally in, in two days from for an olympic from an olympic in three days and from a 7.3 in four to five days if you're a bit older or not very fit or both then you might add one to two days to each of those as a benchmark uh, but again this is very much uh, just ballpark numbers knowing yourself is key and you get to know yourself just by racing and experimenting so if you use these numbers at uh, as a starting point then that's all fine but uh, when you really start to feel that you're fully recovered in training and outside of training that is probably when you are fully recovered and when that happens uh, make sure that you log that in your training so that you know for future reference and over time as you race more and more and get more and more data then you will get a good sense for how long it takes you to recover for different race distances now how to recover uh, in terms of the pattern of getting back to training uh, it varies a little bit by distance so a sprint race i would say for again a reasonably fit athlete with with quite a bit of experience can almost be treated as a very hard workout you can probably do some aerobic training the next day basic zone one or zone two training in a five zone system and then on the second day after the race uh, i usually might still keep things aerobic but volume can be perfectly normal back to what you usually do and then the third day essentially you can be back in your normal training because the sprint distance is around an hour maybe a bit shorter or a bit longer depending on your fitness but uh, it can essentially be seen as a really hard workout so so that it makes sense that recovery is not super long from it for olympic and 7.3 races uh, i do like to and i should mention here by the way that all of these things that i'll mention in this episode this is my opinion only there's no right or wrong answer necessarily but so so you'll hear my my opinions and, and how i do things in my coaching so uh, then coming back to for olympic and 7.3 racing i like to give athletes a, a day of full recovery or optionally if the athlete prefers a short active recovery session swim or bike they can do that like 30 minutes super easy the second day after on olympic or 7.3 would be zone one training and low volume and the third day would be zone two or maybe even some zone three or zone four swimming would be possible especially after an olympic race and the fourth day we can definitely do swim training as normal and generally maybe some zone three training in cycling maybe even in running from the fifth or sixth day we can generally train 
normally uh, volume just like intensity would gradually increase through these four to five days so where you start with a rest day the second day is a light and short day the third day you might already have some reasonably decent volume there and of course the uh, the olympic distance it, you you accelerate volume and intensity a little bit faster than 713 but but they're not necessarily super different in in the recovery time course again keeping in mind here that we're talking about a generally pretty fit and uh, experienced athlete here with with these patterns so your mileage may vary as they say but the general principle of starting with little or no volume at the start of the recovery and very low intensity and then gradually increasing both volume and intensity over a few days is that's something that i've i've seen work really well uh, time and time again to recover quickly but also not lose too much fitness and it's just about well exactly how quickly do you do it for some athletes it might be three or four days even after 7.3 for others it's more like six to eight days so so that's where you need to experiment a little bit in terms of tapering uh, how long should you taper for a race when racing in quick succession after another i mentioned that we often take one week of taper as a given before any semi-important race but actually i think there is a lot of variability in how long you need taper from one race to another based simply on how much accumulated training load and fatigue you have to shed. So before the first race in a series of races, if you have been training con- consistently and accumulated quite some training load, then yeah, it makes sense to taper for a week, maybe even more, uh, depending on the race distance and factors such as your athletic phenotype uh, that makes total sense because you have accumulated a lot of training load uh, but uh, let's say you do that and then you recover for a few days after that race while you did have a huge training load dumped upon you from the, the race itself your overall accumulated training load is going to be quite low after you've come out of this recovery period and this is something you can quite easily see for example in in the performance management chart in training peaks or similar tools in other software where you basically see your chronic and acute training loads and as regular listeners listeners will know i don't really agree with how it's used and rely upon uh, always but i think it can illustrate trends really well and uh, and you will see that a few days into your recovery after a race your ctl is very clearly on its way down and so is your uh, your atl so chronic training load and acute training load uh, is uh, ctl and atl uh, for those not familiar with those metrics so so basically what that means is that you don't have a huge accumulated training load on you once you get out of that period just because you tapered so you had less training load and then yeah you did have the race but you also had a few days of recovery so so it's just that one big dump of load over a period of several days or even a week and a half or or more so so this is a completely different state to be in than the one you were in as you started tapering for the first race where where you had maybe months and months of training leading into it and probably a lot of hard specific training in the last few weeks you you just had much more deloading to do and fatigue to shed before that first race than before the second race generally speaking so let's discuss a little bit based on the different uh, durations between races if your races are three weeks apart then you can obviously do more training in between them but that means that you might also need to do a bit more tapering because you will have started to again accumulate that training load i still don't think that most athletes need a week as much as a week between if you have three three weeks between races but maybe three to four days three to five days uh, depending on on your uh, on your profile 
if races are two weeks apart, then after having recovered from your first race, you might have seven, eight days or so of normal training. And then you have two to three days to taper. So with only seven to eight days of normal training load, then that two to three days of deloading is usually plenty to feel really good and fresh on race day. So so actually with races two weeks apart, the taper can be as short as two to three days. And if the races are one week apart, you won't really get many, if any, normal training days in. You might get... Uh, a pretty normal training day with perhaps some key intensity in on let's say the first day if you're racing sunday and sunday and then getting to a two-day two taper before that sunday race after first day uh, but uh, you're recovering up to that up to that first day and then tapering after that so with one week apart uh, yeah you get one normal day of training perhaps but you're banking on doing just enough work to maintain the fitness you had going into the first race and generally less is more in this situation uh, in terms of training however if you are in a situation where perhaps you're racing multiple weekends in a row uh, with just one races one week apart then you can't necessarily just recover like this every single week eventually you will start to lose fitness by doing that so so you might do this sort of just recovering up until first day and then tapering from friday between race one and race two but from race two to race three i would try to get in at least one more solid endurance day and uh, and then in addition to one solid intensity day so perhaps those days might be wednesday and thursday or thursday and friday and if you go on for even more weeks of racing back to back to back i'd say that the need to get in those solid endurance days of reasonable volume in particular keeps increasing but uh, that being said the races themselves can form most of your intensity and having just one day with some intensity in the week between the races is usually more than enough on on the training side now let's discuss how much training you should be doing between races and also how hard you should be training between uh, races but we'll start with how much the volume i already described the pattern of gradually increasing volume during that recovery from the first race then having anything from one to two normal days quote-unquote if you have only one week between races to up to two weeks of normal volume training if you have three weeks between between races before decreasing volume again during the taper that is the pattern but how much should you be doing uh, in especially in this in those days of quote-unquote normal uh, training volume so this will depend entirely on how much training you're used to doing what is your baseline so i think that a good way of approaching this is to look at your average daily training volume for let's say the six weeks leading up to the taper before your first race and if you averaged, say, one and a half hours of training per day for this period, then during however many days you have between recovering after the first race and tapering for the second race, let's say, for argument's sake, that it's seven days if you have two weeks to go between two races, then you can train roughly an hour and a half per day on average during that seven day period of course this is an average maybe one day one day in there is a three hour day another day is a complete rest day and uh, also you need to play it a bit by ear perhaps or at least experience over time will tell you that uh, maybe you need to get in one longer day especially if the second race is a 7.3 or or similar so so that might skew things a little bit but as a as a good rule of thumb i think this applies and works well 
I do think that it applies mostly and works the best if you are really consistent. So those six weeks that you take the average from, if they have been really good consistent training without interruptions, but if you had a week in there where you didn't train, then that's not really good. And maybe you should look at, uh, okay, what is the period of three to four weeks leading up to the race where I had a really good uninterrupted training period where I could just train normally and take that and average from that the, the daily training load that is your baseline. Then the recovery period and the taper period uh, in terms of volume, you just build up to the volume of your normal period and then build down from that baseline uh, as you taper. The other important question is, of course, how much intensity you should be doing between races. This is quite tricky and quite individual, but as a general rule of thumb, if in doubt, less is more. And by less, I refer primarily to the overall intensity load. So you might still be doing a swim, a bike, and a run with some form of intensity, even with races just one week apart. So the frequency there of intensity is uh, is not necessarily small but the load of intensity in any one of those sessions would uh, would often be quite low of course depending on the athlete and the context for example let's say you're doing two olympic distance races one week apart you could do as your intense swim set during that week you could do 10 times 100 at race pace and uh, that is a pretty easy set to be honest to do and on the bike, you could do five times four minutes at race pace. Again, considering an Olympic distance bike might take you one hour plus minus something that is a pretty easy session. And the run might be five times three minutes at race pace. And again, since the run might take you anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, that's that's not that much. So the intensity load in any of those sessions is pretty small. Uh, but they do make sure that you activate your body to perform at the intensities that you will use on race day so generally what this does is that it reduces the risk of feeling stale uh, because you just did easy training between the two races so i do think it's important to get it in just to note that some athletes might absolutely do more than the example i described between back-to-back races but uh, the principle that i illustrated was that less is more as applied to the overall training load uh, so but not to the frequency necessarily we're still getting in a little bit of intensity in each discipline now if you have two weeks between races then of course you can do a bit more intensity and as we discussed in the previous example of getting seven quote-unquote normal training days between those two races especially if you're an intermediate or advanced athlete you can probably do your your frequency of intense work in that seven day period can be similar or the same as it has been in your regular training weeks leading up to the first race the same principle applies when you have three weeks between races as well Uh, i would just recommend that in either one of these cases you pay extra attention to always having a little bit left in the tank in these intense sessions not going super deep in any of those sessions the way you might have done in the base training phase or before you were in the race season uh, so so yeah saving saving a little bit of something and and just giving all of that extra energy when it actually comes to racing so to give an example here if you normally train twice per day and do two hard swims bikes and runs any given week then you can probably include two hard bikes swims bikes and runs if you have 
two weeks between races uh, between, because that means that you probably have seven or eight days of normal training in that period. And if you have three weeks between races, that means that you have probably 14 days or so of normal training. So you can do four hard bikes, four hard uh, swims and four hard runs in that training period. Again, we're assuming here that the total the duration of the recovery plus taper equals uh, more or less one week in these examples but then you just do the math or adjust accordingly if that is not the case so you can see here that for people that train quite a lot as their baseline you can do a, a good amount of training and hard training uh, after all if races are three weeks apart in particular that, that's a good good two-week training block you can get in there uh, before after recovering and before tapering for beginners i would say it's probably smart to err on the side of caution and limit things to perhaps one solid intense session per discipline uh, maybe two for swimming uh, as it's a bit less taxing than running and cycling if you are uh, racing two weeks apart and if you're racing three weeks apart then you can add one intense session of each discipline to that but in the example of two weeks apart you could for example do a your first intense swim after the first race on Thursday or Friday and then a hard bike ride on Saturday and a hard run on Sunday and then another solid swim on Tuesday or Wednesday and for the most part keep the rest of that week easy but just to reiterate a couple of key things on this point less is more especially if you're in doubt and not quite sure what you can handle or if you're more of a beginner athlete or you feel that the first race really took a lot out of you secondly doing as much and that less is more here applies to both volume intensity but but the way that i i guess structured this this part of the podcast i particularly was talking about volume there but secondly when it comes to the intensity doing as much frequency of intensity as normal uh, that is okay but it does not equal doing as much load of intensity as normal when having a short turnaround time between races i don't think it makes much sense to go deep in any session you do between them you can do solid sessions don't get me wrong but a good mantra for these sessions would be hard but controlled and finally i just want to make a quick note on the importance of building a strong base coming into this racing season with a strong baseline fitness if you do then it will be so much easier to basically get things right and have and have leeway have the ability to train less between two races if you feel that your recovery is going slower but still not lose too much fitness that base fitness is so deep that you're not really losing it as quickly but if on the other hand your fitness is more uh, a household cards so to say then yeah you're going to lose it quite quickly as well and then you really need to make sure that you get in that training between the races so the stronger you can make your base fitness the more consistent you've been throughout winter and leading in all the way to the races and just training week in week out day in day out consistently the better it will be the the easier time you will have to first be able to adjust volume and intensity maybe reduce it and still be able to perform well week after week without losing fitness quickly but secondly it will also help you to just recover faster from races so so it will make it easier actually to plan your time between these races so in summary in today's episode we talked about how long to recover after a race and that depends on the distance of the race but also your individual uh, in individual athletic attributes we also talked about how long to recover uh, to taper before the next race and that can be it definitely doesn't have to be a one-week taper because when we are racing uh, qu in quick succession after each other then we then we don't carry as much training load accumulated 
after when we go into the second race as we did going into the first race generally and we discussed how much training and how much hard training you should do between races and uh, that during that normal period you can basically use your baseline training as a guide to for both the volume and the frequency of intensity but in terms of the load of the intensity it should be slightly lighter than when you're in your uh, kind of building up to the race uh, training period and finally uh, we talked about the importance of building a strong base to maintain fitness between races and having flexibility being able to recover fast but also being able to take more time to recover and still not lose as much lose fitness uh, if uh, if you need that after a particular race that's it for today's tts first day which is the last one in a while i really hope that you enjoyed it and uh, please do send me feedback on what you think about going to one weekly podcast episode my email is michael at scientific and it's michael with a k and i would love to hear what you think thank you to our sponsors precision hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com uh, go and get a free hydration plan but also check out their new product range the precision fuel which includes uh, a drink mix and gels and no matter which products you're going for electrolytes or fuel you can get 15 percent off your order with the promo code that triathlon show one five and thank you to roca that you can find on roca.com check out their wetsuits tri suits swim skins goggles high performance eyewear and prescription glasses and sunglasses and get 20 percent off your order on roca.com forward slash tts uh, i'm going to do an open water swim right now as i stop recording i'm going to use my roca maverick mx for this session because i'm racing in a few days and i'm just going to save my maverick x2 for the race and uh, keep it dry and keep it clean and uh, then on race day i will feel even faster even though i know that in the Merrick mx i'll feel really really fast so that's just a little personal anecdote thank you as always for listening keep training smart and keep loving triathlon <laughs>